So if you guys remember last time, I stopped and I still had more to say. And that's been my regular experience. As someone who regularly preaches is that you basically choose what you're not going to say. Because there's a lot more that, that you've considered and a lot more you want to share. We're trying to ask for direction and discernment as to what to say and when to say it and what God would have us consider together. And so I've been praying through this. It's been two weeks. And I still have more to say. This hasn't left me and God has been working on me through this. And, and I believe wants to work in our lives again through this example of Moses and this illustration that we have through Moses in Hebrews 11. So again, you can go back to Hebrews 11, verse 24. We'll stay there within 24 and tw through 26 today. But last time we spent most of our time considering Moses' story, and considering his life, and looking for ways that we could relate to Moses, that we could connect with him and identify uh, with his life, with his example. And if you remember, what we focused on this passage is primarily about the middle part of Moses' life. It's not talking about his faith at the beginning of his life. It's not yet talking about the faith at the end of his life. But it's talking about his faith through these middle 40 years through the process of his life. He left right Egypt because he was a fugitive and then he lived for this middle 40 years as an immigrant amongst foreigners right in a land that was not his home not his people and not the place where he had grown up. And this is what this passage is referring to is that middle 40 years of how he continued by faith. And essentially he came to this point in his life when he was about 40 years old as an adult where he had to consider his life. Who he truly was. And he had to make a choice about his identity. Not understanding what his identity was or how he had been brought up, but actually making a choice about his identity going forward. And we try to identify with him because we need to struggle with our identity as well. Not just who we are, not just our experiences, but who are we going to choose to be. Where do we find our identity now as we walk forward through life? And in the busyness of life, we don't do that. We don't stop and consider that. We don't stop and, and think through and, and make those choices. Choosing how we're going to be identified, who we're going to be identified with. We just kind of move through life. We try and make it to today and through the next day. And one day after that, and that's as far as I can think. But you guys know that I went home last weekend. 
Um, I went to a family reunion. In Georgia. It was the 50th annual family reunion. My mom had been to every family reunion for the last 50 years. And they recognized her. Oran went with me, my son, who's 13. Going there to South Georgia, North Florida. Okay. I grew up in Atlanta, but a lot of my family, they live even further south. Okay. And even there, the culture is different than it is in Atlanta, further south. And so for Oran and myself, this was an exercise in identity. Because we would meet these folks and Oran, for the first time, many of them, and he's like, we're related to them? Explain that to me, Papi. And then he calls me Papi, and they're looking at him like, why are you calling him Papi? And what was strange for me is the first time uh, going back home I was like, what's wrong with all their accents? <laughs> and I come back to Lanark and I was like, oh, everybody's talking normal again, right? No accents here. It doesn't sound like an accent to me. That's what I'm used to. But we go over there and it's like, they talk so weird. And then I would start talking like that. And Rodan's like, what's wrong with you, Papi? Why are you talking like them? Like, who are we? How do we relate to them? How are we connected to them? And this is getting kind of scary to understand where we come from. And that this is part of our identity. But going back, I felt like a foreigner. I didn't feel like I belonged. Even with my mom and my dad and my, my sister and her family and my brother, like, I was in this strange place with these strange people. And I could identify with them, right? I, I know we have this shared background, but yet I, it was hard for me to relate to them. Right? Because we don't spend time together day after day walking with each other. So I know I share this identity, but yet it's difficult to relate. And we don't choose our family or our situations. Right? That's a part of my identity. I didn't choose. I didn't choose the family I was in. I didn't choose how I grew up. I didn't choose where I grew up or the time in which I grew up. But those will always be a part of who I am. But as we grow up, we have a choice to make about how we are ultimately defined. Now as an adult, I have this choice about my identity, about who I am and who I'm going to be identified with and then who I'm going to relate to. We choose our primary identity. We're not born into that. 
That's not chosen for us. All of us here have chosen a primary identity. How we define ourselves. What identity are you choosing? What identity are you choosing? What's the first thing, the most important thing, the thing that, that everything else falls below? This is who I am before all other things. What's my primary identity? You choose that. And if you look at this example of Moses, look at verse 24. It says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. When Moses had grown up, in the middle of his life, when he was 40 years old, he had to make a choice about his identity, about who, how he would be known. And he had to choose. Who am I going to give my ultimate allegiance, my ultimate commitment to? That was his choice. That's our choice. And as you look at this passage, Moses refused, right? He chose, he refused to be known as a temporary, worldly resident of Egypt. But instead, he embraced his identity as an eternal, spiritual citizen of God's kingdom and God's family. He had this earthly family, this, this culture and this place that he'd grown up in. He didn't choose. It was a part of his identity in Egypt. But he grew up and came to this point and chose and refused to be that to be his primary identity. And instead he chose, my primary identity is with God's people. That's how he chose to identify himself. He had that choice. We're all faced with the same choice in our lives. Most of us here, we've chosen. We're choosing our allegiance, our commitment. What are we ultimately faithful to? Who are we ultimately faithful to? He had to choose between the world and his identity in the world or this spiritual, godly identity that he had as a part of God's people. Those are the two basic choices. Which one is going to be first, right? Which one is going to be primary? Is it going to be my identity in the world or my identity as a part of God's people? And he had to decide, this is the one that I'm giving allegiance to. This is the one that I'm going to be committed to. I'm going to be committed to my identity, not from the world, but my identity as a part of God's people. Those are the two basic choices. I've looked through here for other choices. There are no other choices. Okay? There's lots of sub-choices. All right? If you're going to choose the world, and then what in the world are you going to choose to define you? But the only other choice outside the world is to choose to be and identify with God's family. 
That's it. Two options. Which one are we choosing? Which one are we ultimately committed to? And gathered as a church on Sunday morning? That's a pretty easy answer. Let me restate that. That's a simple answer. Right? Well, we should put our, our spiritual identity first. That's simple. Straightforward. But that's not an easy answer. That's not easy when we walk out of here and when we live life day after day choosing that, choosing that, choosing that identity, choosing that, choosing that, choosing that allegiance. Because everyone around me and everything, a lot of times that I feel and that I experience, I want to choose this other identity or some other kind of identity where I can find this benefit and this value now. And it's going to comfort me now. And it's going to give me worth now. But I know this is a better choice. I know this is where my identity should be. And so I want us to understand the significance of that choice. I want us to understand what we are choosing. And then how we choose it. So the significance of this choice. And what we're choosing when we choose it. And then how we choose it. If you look back at verse 24, Moses has a huge choice with major consequences. Okay, if you understand the historical and the cultural context. It was clear that he either chose to identify with Egypt or he chose to identify with God's people. And if he chose one, he was refusing the other. Right? He could not have both. That was clear. But most of us don't feel the same way. Not in our culture and in our context. I can choose both. And we create and, 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 and think through and plan all these ways where I can still do both and I can continue with both, right? And I can identify and hold on to my things in the world and I can identify and hold on to my identity with God's family and I can do both and I can walk back and forth in this balancing act of both. But if you look at this biblically, it's one or the other. Both can't be your primary identity. Okay, One has to be your primary identity and then all other identities come underneath that. One primary identity. It's about our allegiance, about our commitment. Another word for that is our citizenship. Where does our ultimate citizenship reside? 
Now, I've been to lots of graduations, lots of ceremonies and celebrating different things, but only one time in my life have I gone to a naturalization ceremony. And that was here in LA. And that was with our brother Elvis, who had immigrated from El Salvador. And a few years ago, Nita and I went when he was going through this ceremony, had gone through the entire process to, uh, to have his citizenship here in the United States. And we go to this ceremony, and there's all kinds of singing and songs and statements that are made, and things that I remember. But there was one thing that stood out to me. And we're in this giant room and all of these individuals that are moving and going to be citizens stand up. And they have to declare this oath. And I will not forget how I felt when I heard these words being spoken. My first thought was, well, I'm glad I don't have to say that. Right? I, I was just born into this citizenship. I didn't have to choose this. And, and I listened to the words and I couldn't believe the words that they were saying that they were having to state and proclaim about their identity, about their citizenship. And just to tell you a secret, Elvis, when we got home, I tried to find the picture. I couldn't find it. But while he's making the statement, which I'm going to read to you, he had a Salvador, uh, Salvadorian flag in his pocket. <laughs> right? right? He, was, he was becoming a United States citizen, but, but you know, he's like, this is my heart. This is my heart. Mientras... Mientras que está ahí sentado haciendo su juramento, tenía una bandera de El Salvador doblada ahí en, su, en sus pantalones. And in a way, that's Porque what we do with the family of God, right? We try and hold on to both. Y es lo que hacemos muchas veces, ¿verdad? Que queremos en el mundo y también con el Señor, tratando de hacer las dos al mismo tiempo. Listen to this statement. Okay. This is about allegiance and about commitment. Okay, this idea of my primary identity. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. Later it says that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States of America and that I take this obligation freely without any, any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. So help me God. So that's the statement, part of the statement that the United States has created to demonstrate that you are choosing your primary identity, right, that's above all others, to be that of a citizen of the United States of America. In the same way. 
Are we willing to choose? Would we make a similar statement? As a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's what it would mean. For that to be our primary identity. Like, I heard these words. I couldn't believe these words. Like, that's what we're requiring someone to state and to say. If they're going to choose this, would we say the same thing about our allegiance and about our commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ that these individuals wanting to be citizens would say about the Constitution of the United States? If I made us all stand up and say this in church and, say, and replace the gospel in Jesus Christ where it talks about the Constitution of the United States, you guys would think I was nuts. You can't, you're going to have me say that? Like that guy's over the top. To require that kind of commitment and that kind of allegiance to Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe? But that's what we require to be a citizen in this country. Would we absolutely and entirely renounce all allegiance and fidelity to our worldly identity? And would we bear true faith and allegiance? to the gospel of Jesus Christ without any mental reservation so help me God that's how significant this choice is and we make light of it our world, our culture even the church makes it a small and little thing okay it's huge this is a huge choice with huge consequences and this is a choice that we as adults now have to choose we're faced with this choice which one will be our primary identity which one are we going to give allegiance to loyalty to you can't dismiss that okay you are choosing that or you've already chosen it there's no one in here that has not chosen you're choosing this applies to us it's that significant but then what are we choosing if we choose our allegiance our identity our citizenship to be with the kingdom of God then what exactly are we choosing? Look at verse 25. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses chose to be identified with God's people and he refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. And that meant that he was in choosing to share life and share the situation of God's people. 
If I'm choosing God's family as my identity, then I am choosing to be with his family and to share life with his family and the situation of God's people. He was going to walk with them. He was going to live with them. To be with God's people means he had to leave Egypt. He couldn't remain. He couldn't stay. He had to choose. And it says here he was either choosing to endure the difficulties and the sufferings and being mistreated with God's people rather than enjoy the, the comforts, rather to enjoy the power, or rather to enjoy the privilege of Egypt and what he had grown up in, this identity that was available to him. And it was not just that he made this statement, that he proclaimed this, but in making that statement, he had to follow it with actions. He had to continue by faith, and it meant a choice for him. There was a demonstration. It meant he was going to be with God's people. He was going to be an immigrant and live amongst a marginalized people. That's what it meant for Moses. And living as an immigrant, living as an oppressed people, is difficult. There was and there was going to be mistreatment. And he was going to suffer and experience that along with God's people. That's what he was choosing when he chose this identity. He was choosing to suffer with them. We've experienced a small taste of that. Just a slight perspective as we have fostered two twins. That basically we've said for this time we're going to fully identify with them, right? They're going to be our children. I am their poppy. She is their mommy. We're going to care for them as our own children. We're bringing them into our home, into our family. We're fully identifying. When I show my family picture at the reunion, they were a part of it, okay? I didn't show any pictures where they weren't in it because they are my kids now. And yet, doing that, making that choice, we have experienced difficulties and situations. That we never would have experienced without Experience after experience of prejudice. Experience after experience of a broken system. Experience after experience of realizing that our culture, our community is so racialized, it's ridiculous. And there's no opportunity, there's no process for them to go through, and there's no solution for this problem that we can just come in and fix it. And so, when you get to that point, we realize we just have to walk through this and continue with them, and we're actually just going to, we're not going to fix this, we're not going to solve this, but we are going to walk with them share our lives with them because we identify with them and we're going to experience their difficulty and their suffering to an extent. 
aunque sea por un tiempo y en parte. And that's what we are to choose with God's people. If our primary identity is with the gospel and the kingdom of God, it means to share our lives, to live with and to endure the difficulty and the suffering with and as a marginalized people. If I'm choosing my identity in Christ, I'm letting go of my identity in the world, and I'm going to embrace and identify with God's people, right? With His family. Those that are committed to the gospel, right? This message of Jesus Christ, this message that was proclaimed. It was good news to the poor. It was good news to the incarcerated. It was good news to the oppressed. It was good news to those on the outside. And if I choose this identity that Jesus preached about when he explained his gospel, when he explained his ministry, and when he explained his kingdom, if that's my kingdom, if that's my primary identity, then what I'm choosing is to walk with and live with and identify with and suffer with God's people and their difficulties and their suffering. That's what Moses was choosing. That's what we choose. I want to be clear about that. If we choose this identity with Jesus Christ, when we give Him our allegiance, we give Him our ultimate commitment, you're choosing this mistreatment to suffer with. I don't mean someone makes fun of you. I mean physical suffering in this world, difficulties, oppression, incarceration, broken systems that are of this world because we represent this kingdom. And Jesus sent us that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And we would choose where our identity is. And as I said, you might have chosen. But this is a choosing. Active. To choose today, to choose tomorrow, and to continue to choose throughout this process of my life where my identity is. Who I'm with and who I am a part of. That I would choose and choose and choose. And one of the biggest differences that we've experienced with foster kids versus our own kids 
dificultades más grandes. Is it with our own kids? Right? It's pretty much, you know, we, we, we made the choice, it was our fault, like there they were, they're our kids, right? <laughs> right? I mean, we participated in that, right? We had these kids, these are my kids, they've got our DNA, like, uh, there's no more choices, these are my kids, right? I, I got to take care of them, I got to walk with them, I'm going to continue on with them, right? as they go through this process of life and I'm going to share with them and endure with them and continue with them but in the back of our heads with our two foster kids every week when we meet with a social worker or we meet with a county worker or there's another doctor's visit or therapy visit we have to decide and choose again that we're going to continue with them. And you're like, how, how could that even be a thought in your head, Brit? It's a thought in our heads every time. Why are we choosing this? Why would we choose to, to, to walk with them through this? To, to share in their difficulties and their suffering. We have to choose it again and again. You have to choose that with God's family again and again and again. Moses, he could have gone back to Egypt. You're like, no, he couldn't have gone back to Egypt. He had killed someone. He had killed you know, this taskmaster, this Egyptian. He was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He could have gone back to Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh could have said, I am Pharaoh. I forgive you. You're my son. This is just a lowly taskmaster. Who cares? No one will remember. You're welcome back in. Moses could have gone back. He could have chosen any time during the 40 years that he was living amongst a marginalized people to go back. And Pharaoh would have received him. He had that power. He had that privilege. But he chose again and again and again, day after day, to stay with, to continue forward, to be with God's people. Our lives are no different. And so last, how do we choose that? Don't choose that because I'm telling you to do it. Don't choose that because you feel guilty. That's not going to last. But it says in verse 26, He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. That word there, regarded, in the original language, it literally meant that he thought through, that he weighed and considered these two options, right? This, this choice that he had. And what the results were of either choice. His faith was not a blind faith. It required thinking. It required analysis. It required his judgment, his discernment. 
And our issue, as I've taught before, is that we have removed thinking from faith. Thinking is a part of faith. Moses had to think through this and to decide by faith if he was going to choose God's people. If he was going to choose to believe God's word, understanding what that meant to choose it and the consequences that were going to come from it. He weighed that. He considered that. He thought about that and he chose. He could have this temporary disgrace other translations say reproach it literally means disapproval he could choose to have temporary disapproval because of Jesus and this eternal reward that he was looking towards or he could experience temporary treasures with the world but an eternal loss or an eternal punishment. And with an immigrant perspective, as a temporary resident of the world, and identifying as a citizen of the kingdom of God, in his thinking, in his assessment, in his analysis, he valued this eternal treasure as greater than this temporary treasure. That's what he thought through. That's what the passage says, that he valued it of greater worth to temporary have these difficulties and eternally have this reward versus to temporary have this pleasures and this comfort than to eternally be at a loss than to eternally have this punishment this removal from God and his people that requires an immigrant perspective to make that choice that we would suffer now for a future benefit when someone immigrates here they're not coming to enjoy the, all the comforts and the pleasures for themselves they're doing it knowing I'm going to come here and I'm going to continue to suffer and continue to have difficulty but I'm doing this for my family I'm doing this for the future I have this future perspective I'm going to suffer now it's going to be difficult now but this is worth it in the long run and I will go through anything for this future that we are seeking for our family are we willing to make the same choice? To refuse the current and temporary treasures of this world for a greater, eternal, and future treasure. That's how we choose. Consider. Think through it. Analyze. Discern. But then choose. And it comes back to where is your treasure?
Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We choose what we treasure. We choose what we value most. And our heart, our identity is found with that treasure. As I reflected on that in this culture, the two biggest treasures are my time, how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, and my money or my resources. There are many others, okay? That's what I thought through for myself. But I want you to consider for yourself, what are your treasures? What are the things here on earth that become your treasures? What temporarily competes in your life? with the immeasurable treasure of Jesus Christ. That's how we choose. By choosing our treasure. And where our treasure is, there our identity will be also. Where our treasure is, there our allegiance will be also. Where our treasure is, there our commitment will be also. That's where our heart will be. And all that depends on faith. You've heard these words. You've heard God's words. Do you believe them? Weigh them, consider them, think about them, and decide if you trust God's words and if you're willing to respond to them. That's what faith is, and that's what Moses did. He continued by faith. He made this most significant choice that he would ever make when he identified with God's people. He was choosing difficulty. He was choosing suffering. And it was something that he considered, he weighed, and he had to make that decision. I want us to choose the gospel. I want us to choose Jesus Christ. We have to choose. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you that that your word is um, is sharp. That it cuts through our excuses. It exposes our motivations. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring us as individuals and as a family face to face with what we treasure. That you would make that clear to us, that you would make that evident to us. 
And that repeatedly in our lives you would bring us to a place where we feel that we have to choose. That the reality about our identity is there's only two options. Help us to choose you, Jesus. Give us faith to believe your words, to trust your words. That your words are true. And that your reward is far greater than any temporary treasure. But to be in your family is far greater than any identity we can have on this earth. Jesus, help us to look to you. Help us to proclaim and demonstrate our allegiance to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.